0: Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. But if you did, I think you'll be satisfied, and if you didn't, I think you might be a little uncomfortable, but praise the Lord anyway. Listen, I want to say something about your pastor real quick, um, not because I have to, but because I love him and um, I get to say something about Pastor Brandon um, I've known Pastor Brandon for a number of years now and I've called him a friend for that time and there's a lot of things I could say about he and Megan and the people that they are and we got to hang out with Brody and Kylie and Cullen last night and um, get to know them a little better even but I could tell you a lot of cool stuff about them, and y'all get to experience it every week, so I don't need to tell you what kind of speaker he is because y'all get to receive that gift every single Sunday, and I don't have to tell you what kind of leader he is because in Kershaw County, God's doing a miracle right right here. It's unbelievable. Like It's so easy to take this for granted, but I need y'all to know that we're in an elementary school that they've made into... An unbelievable place of worship where people of different walks of life are worshiping together and that takes God's man I'm just telling you and family to come here but here's what I love most about your pastor and I want him to know this so if he's watching online I want you to know this Brandon Goff Um, you are a gift and there's no question that's true but what I love you what i love the most about you i told someone just now we get the opportunity to be in green rooms with people that are on tv sometimes and they're quote unquote famous and a lot of times they're really great guys the ones we run with are great but i've unfortunately been in rooms with guys that i didn't want to be with they're great here but you get them away from here and it's so disappointing because you realize they're just a gift they're not that's not who they are And I think that's my favorite thing about Brandon is he is gifted, but Pastor Brandon is greater off the stage, truly. What what comes to my mind when I think of Brandon Goff is um, the disciple Nathaniel. Jesus described him this way. This is pretty high praise from our Lord. Jesus described him like this. Um, He said, and the next one that he chose is Nathaniel, of whom there is no guile, of whom there is no deceit. Brandon Goff may be the least deceitful person that I know. What you see is what you get. And that's, I don't know that y'all appreciate the gift that that is, of the man that walks with integrity. And so, Brandon, I honor you, and I love you and Megan, and I celebrate the fact that you would honor me to come here today and um, bring a word. So I just want y'all to know y'all got a gift. And it's an honor to stand on the stage where he gets to preach every week. So today, even though I do love Brandon, he gave me a pretty hard assignment, just so you know, because like he said in that crazy video that that he started with, that was awesome, wasn't it? It's crazy looking. Uh, We're going to do our core values. And today, what I get to preach about is we honor up, down, and all around. And I thought he loved me until he told me what I was going to preach about. And I was like, dang, son. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess I'll talk about honor. And they might not like me when I get done, but I love them. So we'll see what happens. And um, I'm only kidding. I I think honor may be the most misunderstood word um, in the context of the church. Because let me tell you what's misunderstood about it. Honor, first of all, has been described as something that is denominational. Oh, those, watch this, those people honor each other. Those people. Can I tell you who used to say that? This guy. This guy. I I used to say, oh, that denomination. Those people. And the reason they honor each other is because they, they get stuff from each other. So they just build each other up. But they don't really think that. And I'm going to tell you the other thing that I thought about honor is I thought it was touchy-feely, so I, I thought it was a, a girly thing. I didn't think it was something that dudes do. Unless you're in the military, right, then you can honor because it's the few, the proud, the Marines, and they're, they're people of honor, and that's cool. So it's cool for them, but then if you're a dude, like trucks and tools and whatever and grrr, grrr, like that's, that's weird. It's weird because you can't, like, mix the two. It feels awkward. That's, this is how I literally used to feel until about five years ago when God completely changed my heart in understanding about what honor really means. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you why Pastor Brandon honored me to be able to teach on this today is because it means so much to me that I actually had it tattooed on my arm. This is the Greek word and this is the Hebrew word for honor, on my arm. It's the word time, which spells like time in English, and it's the word kavod, which is Kind of spelled in English, K-A-B-A-D. But here's what is, that wasn't what y'all thought it was. It wasn't gas. I know some of y'all looked and said, oh my goodness, I saw you. (laughs) I did not pass gas, I promise you. That would have been dishonoring. You're welcome for that. All right, (laughs) continuing. This is what the word actually means, and this is where I think we have a problem. Like in the church and and in our lives, we hear this word and we think, ugh, they're touchy-feely weird. Uh, they just want to be nice to each other all the time and why are they so nice and that's not really what the church gets described that much I'm not talking about radiate capital c church but but like that church is just nice to each other so that must be what honor is that's a lie that's not what honor is at all the reason I tatted it on my I didn't actually tat it by the way I did not ink myself just side note you understood what I was talking about <laughs> Had it tatted on my arm. The reason I wanted that on me because I wanted a reminder of what it means. This is what it actually means: weight, worth, or value. The word does not mean honor. The best translation that we could get is honor because it encompasses what those things mean. The best definition of those words is actually worth. It's the it's 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 the imprint. It's what you are about. So so before we really get rolling I got to get y'all to understand this because this is not an idea of something to be so that I act it out and if I try hard enough I can honor you I can never try hard enough to honor you I can never let me say that again for the people in the back row I can never ever ever try hard enough to honor you because it's not what you do it's what you are in in psalm chapter 12 the bible says that I've been clothed that he made me a little bit more than Elohim. Some people translate that angels and some people the Lord himself. But I was made a little bit lower and he clothed me, crowned me, put on me his, his kavod. That on top of me was actually put the imprint of God. The Bible says, and most of you would believe this, that in Genesis 1, 26 and 7, that I was made in the image of God. In the image of God, he made us male and female. He created us. So a lot of us would say, yeah, I believe that I was made in his image, but I didn't know he put his stuff on me. That's weird, right? So this isn't something that I try to obtain. This isn't something that I try to achieve. In Christ, this is what I am. So whenever I'm drying my hair in the morning, I do take a shower. Whenever I'm drying my hair in the morning, I see that and I remind myself. I speak this over my life. You don't have to try to be this. This is what you are. Walk in it be what God's called you to be be what God made you to be before the foundations of the world he put his glory on me I just was birthed in 1980 so I didn't know about it until later but he made me this way a long time before my parents had me so this is what kabod actually looks like this week we spent the week at the beach we took walks on the beach at night And we can talk about that later because I'm not going to honor the beach because of hot and chafing, but y'all don't worry about that. That's awkward for some people. (laughs) But whenever I'm walking on the wet sand, listen, y'all know what I'm talking about. Whenever I'm walking on the wet sand and I look back, I'm a rather large mammal if y'all can't tell. And um, So whenever I'm walking, a size 14 imprint is going on the sand. And my daughter Lainey's here with me, and she can walk in that imprint, and it's so big that she can hide and you'll never see her imprint, that's the goal that God has for your life. That as I'm walking, I leave my kebab behind. Y'all remember Pigpen growing up? Did y'all watch the Peanuts? Y'all watched Charlie Brown? And Pigpen had that thing that was behind him, and all the time they, you tried to stay away from him because he had that, like, dust cloud going behind. That's really, uh, it's weird, but that's his kebab. That's his kebab. Hopefully, we're not that dirty, and we, we don't leave that pigpen pen behind. But it's what you leave behind. It's, it's, the, it's, it's literally like, it's, it's like a jet when it's flying, and you can tell where it's been. That's his Kabbat. That's the imprint that it leaves. So this is the problem, and then we're going to dive into the real part of the message. The problem with honor is it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not or if you think it's touchy-feely like I used to feel. You either are or you are not. This is not a if you touch your nose and touch your neighbor's nose and try harder and cross your leg a certain way and dot the eyes And what we've made Christianity to be because it's become what we do, not what we are, that, that you can't honor. Listen, this is not something that is attainable. Yet in Christ, it's what you become and it's what you already are. So the issue is, the issue, the issue, the issue is, we don't have an action problem. We have a belief problem. We have an understanding problem. We have an idea of what this is problem because we think that only certain people should get it, only certain people deserve it, and only certain people will get it. And that's, that's where we find ourselves. When it comes to honor, that's kind of where I found myself most of my life. As I just said, I'm not really into it because those people just do it. I just had a buddy who's a pastor. I love this guy, and he's coming along. In Jesus' name, I'm believing that he's going to get some understanding on this. But he's a great dude. I love him. He just literally said to me, I ain't really into all that honor stuff. It's weird. And I literally laughed out loud and said, Well, I guess, guess what? So and so, it doesn't matter if you're into it or not. It's what you are. So hopefully someday God will give you some understanding on that. And I didn't try to talk him to death because it doesn't matter what I say. If he doesn't believe it, he's not going to believe it. But I, I, I really came to tell you this, that it all boils down to worth and what we believe about worth. But this morning when I was getting ready, the Lord added something to the message, I believe. And I believe it's for clarity's sake. Because when it comes to worth or how we find things or people worthy, there's an issue that we find, that we walk into that is the problem. The number one problem is we find worth or we put our value or worth in what we actually worship everybody say worship Worship. say it again say worship Worship. just going to put the cards on the table right now I love you with the love of the Lord I'm about to make some of you really mad okay (laughs) but I love you I mean it like I'm not trying to be funny I I really love you and you can laugh with me I, I hope that you get to enjoy yourselves for a minute but I'm thankful because for the first time I think this is the first time in my life that I've been in the state of south carolina preaching and i've been in a church that has more gamecocks than tigers in it to god be the glory i'm from the upstate if y'all don't clap i ain't mad at you but we rebuke you in jesus name i'm from the upstate i'm from spartanburg and it it used to be about 50 50 until sorry mug started winning and then all right i'm out i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so so let me explain why I'm talking about this. Leah, my wife and I had um, season tickets to South Carolina for years. Honestly, close to up till the time that we planted Four Points. And um, I remember in my early to mid 20s, this is the truth, early to mid 20s, it, it defined everything about me. I'm talking about like, if Carolina won, <laughs> Sometimes it was few and far between. If you know what I'm talking about, come on, somebody. If Carolina won, we had a great weekend. I mean, like, try to be rated PG. It affected every part of our lives, and it was good. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> or it was bad. And it listen, some of y'all think this is crazy. Some of y'all, listen, listen, listen. Some of y'all think that I'm crazy right now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be funny even. I'm telling you, it affected everything. If they lost, I would get in a cussing rampage and get so angry that I didn't want anybody to talk to me and it ruined my whole weekend. Watch this. Did you know, Sonya did a great job today with announcements and with the tithe talk. Did you know, Sonya, that nobody ever had to beg me to give my tithe to the Gamecocks club? As a matter of fact, not only did I give my tithe to the Gamecock club, I also gave my extra money to buy a ticket, which are upwards of 100 bucks. now. I waited eight hours before a freaking game started. I tailgated all day, had to push my way into the door, stood in line to get into those hallowed gates of the upside-down cockroach that I love to go watch a game in. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with going to games. I don't want y'all to misunderstand what I'm saying, but what I am saying is I worshipped 18- to 22-year-old men. They are boys still in some ways. Come on. And I'm worshiping them. Oh, my team. And I'm getting on Gamecock Central, the big spur, big blur, blur, blur. And I'm doing all these things. And I'm making sure, did we get that recruit? He's 17, but it's controlling my whole life. I know I'm crazy, but I'm telling somebody the truth. It controls everything in this state. I've heard people say this before. I've never been to a worship experience. I wouldn't waste my time. They better have coffee out. They better have this out. If they go to a worship service, whatever, and I'm like, you pay $4 for a Powerade at your worship service. When I point this at you, it means talk. It's my, it's my weapon. It's like a lightsaber. So watch this. In my life at that time, I was honoring because my worship, uh, listen, I taught Sunday school and then became a youth pastor. And on Sundays I could preach, or went that, then it was Wednesday nights, right? I could preach and I could sound good and I knew all about Jesus. I just didn't have intimacy with him. I had intimacy with the Gamecocks, and I had understanding somewhat, I had some knowledge. I had some information because I have a couple degrees in Jesusville. Y'all with me? I got, I, got, I got pieces of paper that say I know about God. But my heart was fully locked in on what I valued most, what I love to give my money to. Because it, it does feel awkward to talk about money. Can I tell you why? Because some of y'all worship it. Money's a weapon. And I love the fact that we get to use it to build God's kingdom. I never said that money was bad it's neutral till it hits your hands but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and it gets awkward and quiet when you start talking about people's gods because none of us in this room would most likely admit that we have a God other than Jesus matter of fact what we would say is we believe in the ten commandments you should have no other God's before him and so since we don't worship wooden images like we're found in the old testament we've given ourselves a pass like a blue ribbon and we think oh I've got this covered but this is what C.S. Lewis said I don't know if y'all ever heard of like the Chronicles of Narnia that guy that wrote that he's a phenomenal author and he said our hearts are idle factories we invent ways to worship other things and if listen to me listen don't miss this. If you don't understand worship, the thing or things that I put the most value in, the most worth in what I give my affections to first and foremost in my life, which can be my children, it can be my wife, it can be anything but God. He does not care if you're bad. The enemy does not he's not looking for you to be bad. He knows you're bad enough on your own if he can just get your eyes off of Jesus. So so we've made Christianity this, y'all. They're bad. They need to act good. You cannot act what you are not. Eventually, you'll stop. If it's not what you become in Christ Jesus, you won't do it. So honor fits perfectly, and it's actually the most accented thing that we do. It's why I tatted it on my body, because I realized he made me to glorify his name. I don't have to be anything that I'm not. I get to be what he made me to be. get to be what he made me to be. So why is this so difficult? In the midst of what I worship, which is the thing that I value most, which is not a 30-minute experience on Sunday, by the way, that's an awesome opportunity for crazy people who worship God together to get to get after it and worship in spirit and in truth. So I love it. It's my favorite part of the whole worship service. But why is it so hard? I just want to give you all a couple things that makes honor so difficult. A couple things. I'm going to show you a couple verses and give you a couple things, and we're going to go home and enjoy this July 4th week. But a couple things that I think makes it so difficult. First is, we look at people as if some of them, listen carefully, I'm talking to Christians for a second, as if some of them are not really worth it. Now, most of us would immediately say, pump those brakes, Pastor. That is awkward. Everybody Jesus loves everybody. We sing songs like this. Jesus loves the little children. If y'all grew up in church, you better sing with me. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are branching in. It. We don't believe that one second. Lies. I just want to go back to VBS for a minute and tell them that is not what you really think. You know why we don't think that? Because let someone, this is white, I don't know if y'all can tell. Let someone who is not look like me do something that I disagree with. I am preaching in a second. Y'all better talk to me. Let someone who does not look like me do something that I do not like. Let someone vote different than me. Let someone do something different than me. And all of a sudden, Jesus, except for them. (laughs) And then watch, this is what we do. Well, they're not worth it. They're not worth my time. Don't we say this? They're not worth my energy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't have time for them. They're not worth it anymore. And we might not even say it. Maybe y'all are less hateful than me in your natural hearts. I'm really hateful. But, but, but my, So maybe y'all don't think this, but this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. As soon as someone does something other than what I've been exposed to as an Anglo white man who grew up in a Republican's home, as soon as someone does different than me, I immediately say, what a bunch of idiots, what a bunch of morons, those ignorant people, they need some help. And I label all the children of the world as certain people that need something from me, not that are deeply loved by God. Which is so ironic when you look at the Bible. I think I just pulled something out. Which is so ironic when you look at the Bible because this is literally the verse that I wanted to show y'all today. My calling, not what I do, is found in Romans chapter 12. And it says that we should love with brotherly affection. Y'all look at this, that I should love with brotherly affection. Romans 12, starting in verse 9. That that's, that that's how I begin to show the love. I love out of brotherly affection. And then verse, verse 10, watch this, says, out do each other in showing honor. Can y'all throw it on the screen? That I, that I, that I love. Or just, look, it starts, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Watch, love one another in brotherly affection. And then this isn't an idea. Do y'all see this? This isn't like, so try hard to do this. No, he's like, your mandate is to outdo each other in showing teammate. and showing worth. In how you find each other worthy. Outdo each other. This does not have a thing unless they're black. Unless they're Hispanic, unless they're a Democrat, unless they're a Republican. I'm going to mess with y'all for a minute because I I like to do that. Since it's July 4th, and I love our country, and I love our flag, and I'm not, this has nothing to do with this. And I might be preaching more to the white people for a second, but y'all hang in with me. Unless Colin Kaepernick does this. Y'all know what happens when I talk about this? I probably talked about this at four points at my church six or seven times. Every time I do, I hear this. The crickets start talking because ain't nobody going to say nothing to me when I talk about this. Because the black people, you feel exposed because I'm talking about something that you probably, most likely agree with. But, you know, if you say something, everybody's going to look at you because you're black. White people, you ain't going to say nothing because you think to yourself, you're an idiot. I hate you right now. You know why we feel this way? Because I'm only able to see the world what I've been exposed to in my life, which means since I'm not black and I don't understand the culture, I immediately ostracize an entire group of people. Oh, I've sang a song of Jesus loves the little children, but once you do something that is opposed to what I naturally believe in my life, I will go to my grave ridiculing you on social media saying, how dare those, listen to me, listen to me, how dare those people do that. You know what we're saying right there? Oh, they're not, they're not worth it. Yep. I can I mean I know what Paul was saying, felt like suggesting that honor idea, that whole thing. This is not an idea. This is what you are in Christ. I do not have to act honoring. I am honoring. It's what I leave behind. So the result of what we've done with Christianity is we've made it a belief system that is strictly based on what you do which is a lie. God did not call you to conform to a group of ideas. He called you to transform under his lordship. Transformation. Transformation. And you transform by not having just your understanding, not trying to make the world fit through your box that you've ever been exposed to, not deciding in your own heart, the only thing I'm going to choose to see is the world through my little box because I'm telling y'all, Spartanburg County's not that big where I live. I've realized this. This is amazing. Some of y'all, y'all should laugh because this is dumb. I've realized how big the world is going all over the world in the last five years compared to what I thought it was before, that there's all kinds of different cool churches that worship different than me. And they're not as crazy as I used to call them. And the people down the street that do it a little bit different than you, they're not bad. And what if we would just listen to what those guys have to say instead of immediately posting that they're a bunch of fools? But watch this. It's unnatural. Because you know why I'm going to mess with y'all for a couple minutes and then y'all go home and be mad at me and I love you. You know why? Because nobody in here wants to say that I was wrong. Like, I don't know if there's a week that goes by. My daughter's here and she's going to help me finish the service. Lainey, is there ever a week that goes by at our house that I don't have to look at you in Haston and say, Daddy is sorry I was wrong. You can be honest. Nope. Never a week. (laughs) Y'all are very impressed with this pastor right now, aren't you? Like, it's such a hard virtue to find in people that work for us. My favorite thing is when I find somebody that will look and say, not that tries to be wrong, but that will own it. My whole life, I've believed this about this thing, and I realized that I was closed-minded. There is one thing I'm closed-minded about. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Listen to me. All the rest of it is crap, and I don't care about it. I don't know why we put people on crosses that don't matter. But I bet you, if I could look at your social media page and your checkbook and your time and your talent and your resources and all that stuff, the things you've argued about are probably not is Jesus the only way it's probably about something that offended you about the way you grew up It's probably something that offended you about the way that you vote It's probably something that offended you about either President Trump or President Obama who you love one and hate the other when Romans 13 says that I should honor people in authority no matter who they are so if I didn't honor President Obama and I called him that stupid Obama that Muslim I'm talking to somebody in here and now I think President Trump hung the moon and the stars or if I thought President Obama hung the moon and the stars and I bash President Trump I'm not saying you got to agree with either one of them this has nothing to do with do you agree with them I'm talking about what the Bible says but it's uncomfortable because it's not how I grew up because Jesus did not come to start another religion Nor did he come to be a Republican or Democrat. I know this is messing with some of y'all's belief systems right now. He is the Republican. (laughs) Awkward. He's not. Can I talk about some more stuff? The answer is yes, because I have the microphone. I just want to mess with what y'all believe for a minute, and then we're going to get to the end. Pastor, I sort of agree with what you're saying right now. But there's no way you think Democrats are saved. They kill babies. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think abortion is sad and devastating. I want y'all to hear my heart. If you had an abortion in this room, we love you and we are so proud that you're here. We don't think you're shameful. But I think it's sad. And it's appalling that it's legal. I'm about to really offend a couple people. And I also think it's appalling that the other side of people think that those lives matter, but refugees don't. I can't understand in my mind why we've decided that certain lives matter. And I'm not talking about black lives matter because I actually think that that's one of the stupidest. Sorry, that's the wrong word, and that's a bad word in our house, so I apologize. (laughs) It's one of the most ignorant arguments that white people have, because saying black lives matter is offensive because all lives matter is like saying that if I wear a breast cancer pink ribbon right here, that I'm being offensive to all other cancers because all cancer don't matter. No one who's talked about black lives matter thought that your life didn't matter, they had something to talk about and stand on because there was an injustice to speak on. And this does not mean blue lives don't matter because we love our police. If you've not been offended by now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to you. (laughs) I'm trying. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. At some place and at some level, you've decided that your race, your upbringing, Your background, your school, or something is of the utmost importance to where I have to put all my weight behind that. I have to argue for that. I have to be right about that. And listen to me, if you have to be right about anything, then you will be right by yourself eventually. Because what's happened in the church, capital C, is Satan has made us so busy and so full of ourselves that we've become so known for being right I told the first service this y'all listen to this Lee and I were in a place just recently where most people weren't saved in the room if, if, if any of them had not been to church and they were amazed that we were the pastors of the church like for real y'all are so nice and I know that makes us laugh but y'all it's true because let someone look different than this and and what it it can be whatever your this is and we say they're not worth it let a gay person walk in here who's who's different culturally than I am completely and immediately we ostracize them and treat them like they have some kind of disease this has nothing to do with our things right and wrong because there are things that biblically are right and wrong this has nothing to do with that we've made the sin the sinner We've we've put the label on people and decided that if you've been through the trash, if you've been through the mud, if you look different than me, we've put all of the weight on. We spend billions of dollars, y'all, every year on what people look like. And the church, I believe, accents it more than outside of the church. And we wonder why we don't fill churches up around the country. I wouldn't want to come to some of them. Thank God there's Radiate Church in Kershaw County that's breaking the trends, that's transcendent, that's going to see people far from God be reached with Jesus Christ. But I'm just telling y'all right now, I'm just telling y'all right now, we do not do what Jesus said. We like to agree with him when it fits what we believe. Let's not say we agree with Jesus. Let's say we agree with Jesus when it's cool with us, when it fits what we've decided works. And it's uncomfortable and it's awkward but you know what's interesting when it comes to worth is if I had $200 bills which I'm just not going to pull them out for time but if I had $200 bills and one was crispy or I could just do this I know I have a dollar bill in my pocket I was going to get a drink this morning and I decided not to dollar bill, it's only one dollar does anybody not want a dollar that looks like this I mean is anybody you're so appalled that it's, that it's, that it's balled up that you would not want it no because you still find the worth of one in one right so why do we look at people that are balled up and think they're not worth it anymore because that's really the problem and that's why I said all of this backstory is the reason I get so offended when my team loses or the reason that I get so offended when you disagree with me is because ultimately it's all about what I find my worth in because at the end of the day I can't find you worthy if I don't believe that I am you know what I find interesting about honoring up down and all around is I'm willing to honor people in my natural state that I think can give me something back you know what I mean like if there's a cool cat out there who I think could maybe let me use his lake house I know I'm talking to some people. I'm going to honor the mess out of that dude because I get to use his leg. You liked that, didn't you? Lainey was laughing. But but let someone be lesser. You know what I got really convicted on in the last five years, really, when God's changed my heart on this is we took um, 11 trips to Nicaragua. Loved it, y'all. I mean... That's my home away from home I feel like and for most of those trips I would get to this third world country that's the second poorest country in the western hemisphere in the barrios they live on a dollar a day or so and you see the people and this is the immediate reaction bless their hearts they need our help they are people to be reached and all of a sudden I, I made these people into this thing to be reached and not and not, precious gifts of God that are no different than Mark. Oh, I might have told you with my mouth that I believe they're the same as me, but that's not how I really believed. And you could tell because I would talk to them a little weird, and I would walk a little weird, and I would treat them a little different. And it's because I thought even though I tried to show them a nice thing when I was a couple thousand miles away in Nicaragua when I came back home, I would talk about them like they were them and I was me. And sometimes that's my neighbors, y'all, because it's more real when it's the people across the street and they become them and me. And the reason that we all of a sudden look at people who have less than us or that are the same as us or that vote different than us or look different than us or do something, the reason we look at them as awkward or someone to be reached or or our neighbor that doesn't know Jesus as, as a mission project and not a human being that is deeply loved by God, that we get to show God's love, not talk about it and then go live differently. If we give them a card but we don't love them, then what good is that? And that's how the church is seen around the world is we're angry at the world for not doing what Jesus did. Why would they do what they don't understand? Why would they do what they are not? When lost people act lost, we should say, that's a lost person acting lost. I find it sad that we do things that are nice and think we've done Jesus a favor. This is not what makes Jesus proud of me. This is what he put on me. I'm able to speak. Congratulations, but when I'm driving home, if I'm like, God, I did you something today, you're welcome. (laughs) God is not proud of me because of what I do. He's proud of me because of who I am. And And if I never get that, then my whole life, watch this, I will try to earn worth, which is the problem. And the reason that I can't show you that you're actually worthy just as much as I'm worthy because most of my life I've been trying to earn my way to worth and I probably didn't even have an understanding of that until recently Laney will you come up this is my beautiful 10 year old diva who came with daddy on the trip and I think God showed me something in her life that maybe gave me more understanding about where I've actually been than, than maybe any one scripture or maybe any one thing. God just gave me some understanding through real life. So, Lainey's been having some trouble sleeping. Oh, yeah. Lots. And it drove me crazy, y'all. I'm, I'm such a compassionate daddy that I would try everything. I mean, we played I Spy Goats, Count the Goats, Goats jumping over the mountain count sheep, y'all done this, count all the things, let's try this we we talked to the doctor, she would take half a melatonin, we would try, I mean I would have given her anything chloroform, bam, she's out, right I mean anything and I don't know who I'm talking to but I know I feel really led to say this people get who you are, not what you say and I was putting some anxiety and stuff on her and wanted to blame everybody but me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, because it's so uncomfortable to say she's getting what I am. So about six weeks ago, having trouble sleeping, and I, y'all, I had had these these seminars in her bedroom about how to sleep good and get into your mind palace. I'm making stuff up at this point, like, the, you know, and that's true, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just thinking, I can talk my way through this, not realizing that I was putting some of this on her. So I said, Lainey, whatever you do, just don't sit in your room and cry because your six-year-old brother wakes up and the Tasmania devil gets awake and we start having all the time. through the house and I'm going to, don't compound the problem, two wrongs don't make a right. So if you get upset, walk into mommy and daddy's room. That's the one rule. So six weeks ago, I hear Lainey in there just whimpering. And I'm like, she ain't going to listen. I looked at Lainey go get it. And she said, why don't you kindly go talk to her? Because she just, she loves you. And Okay, nice wife. So I walk into a room and I said, Lainey, what is the rule that daddy told you? This is so compassionate. Y'all are like, this pastor's amazing. I said, what's the one rule? Don't cry, you're mad. Just like that. She was crying. You're acting very good right now. So so Lainey comes back in the room, and I'm so mad, y'all. I lay down in bed, just put my feet up, and I've crossed my arms, and I'm like, I am so tired of this crap. I looked at Lee and said, I will not deal with this. You're going to have to deal with it because she ain't going to get it. She ain't going to, you know what i was saying right there? This ain't worth it. what I'm really thankful for is that God doesn't look at my attitude and just say he's not worth it. Leah started talking to, my wife started talking to Lainey and she said, baby girl, can I ask you one question? Yes, ma'am. She's crying. She's so upset because she doesn't understand why it's midnight and she can't go to sleep or whatever it was close to midnight. She said, when I was putting you to bed tonight, Why did you say, Mommy, I want you to love me the most? In that moment, y'all, I'm not talking about moments later. In that moment, my heart dropped. Tears welled up in my eyes. And the Holy Spirit said to me, this is a you problem, not a Lainey problem. This is a Mark problem. I didn't even get upset. I just dropped my head. My immediate question to Laney was, Laney, do you believe Daddy loves Haston? Your brother, who's six years old, do you believe Daddy loves Haston more than he loves you? She put her little head down and she said, yes, sir. Now, she did say some really nice things like, but I know why, Daddy. I know it's because he has autism. I know it's because he's a boy and, and I'm not. And I know it's because, and she started defending me and I thought, my God, the 10-year-old little girl is having to defend the 37-year-old man right now. God help me. I bet we sat in bed till 1 a.m. Just telling her how much I love her, but talk is cheap told her that night, I said, baby girl, nothing could be further from the truth. I did ask her, y'all, why do you feel this way exactly? And she said, when, when you walk in the house, you come give me a hug. I need somebody to listen. But when you see Haston, you pick him up and let him touch the ceiling. And when you come, you're gentle with me and you'll tickle me a little bit, but you wrestle and tickle Haston. And I just had tears rolling down my eyes, and I said, You're right. You're right. You're right. And I can't say anything about it. But I promise you, baby, for the rest of your life, Daddy's going to do whatever he can until you get married when you're 45 years old in Jesus' name to show you that Daddy's love for you is not second. It's going to look different at times because your brother is special needs, but he is amazing. Daddy sorry that he showed that because I do not love you more than you. And the reason I took Lainey with me this weekend and I brought her on the stage is not because I need her help to talk, but because I wanted to spend the weekend with Lainey. I want to show her my affection, my love for her to have games and have fun because I realize that the way she views her daddy is the way she's going to view her heavenly daddy. I need y'all to listen to me right now. Some of y'all came here today and your thought was this. Why does my heavenly daddy give him a gift but not me? Why does my heavenly daddy give them a house but not me? Why does my heavenly daddy not hear my prayers? Why does why does he pick them up but when I come in the room he doesn't pick me up? Why, why does it seem like that that our heavenly daddy thinks less of me and I'm not as worthy? Look at me. Don't you believe the lie one more second. No matter what you see with your eyes that somebody else has, your God loves you and finds you so worthy. He finds you a gift. He has never made a mistake, and he loves you so deeply. As a matter of fact, he loves you this much. Will y'all put up Romans chapter 5? He loves you this much. He loves you this much. Look at this, verse 7. Now, Who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? Watch this, my translation, for someone that's not worthy. Because we can all kind of understand someone being willing to die for someone truly noble, someone worthy, right? But Christ proves God's love. The English Standard Version that I normally read says God demonstrates his love for us. Christ proves God's passionate love for us by Dying in our place while we were still unworthy, disgusting, balled up, left for dead, left on the side. On your worst day, somebody listen to me, on your worst day, on the day that you were most embarrassed about, on the day that you would never dream of telling me what you did, God looked at you and said, you're worthy. I love you. I love you. I'm proud that you're my daughter. I'm proud that you're my son. I love you. I love you. I love you right where you are and I will always love you. And i honor you in this way by putting my stuff on you, by making you in my image. You are worthy of the love of our Lord Jesus. And if this dad, who is evil in his heart, can love his daughter, how much more does your heavenly daddy love you? He's never made a mistake and he loves you so deeply. So listen to me right now. The reason we struggle to honor other people and find them worthy is we don't find ourselves worthy. You can't ever do anything to earn worth, but God's called you worthy in Christ Jesus. So I'm talking to somebody in this room that walked in here, not feeling worthy because you're disgusted with what you've done. I know it's shameful. I know you feel disgusting, but God says to you, shame off you. I died in your place, so you receive my goodness. You receive my grace. Don't you leave here believing for one second that you're not worth his love. You were made in his image. He put his stuff on you, and all he wants you to do is this give your affections back to me return the affections of God back to him return it back to where it belongs will you bow your head and close your eyes with me I believe I'm talking to several people in this room I can see it in your eyes I believe that for the very first time some of you need to say yes to Jesus by just acknowledging this you are who you say you are God Jesus did die on the cross. He is my Lord. And for the very first time, I choose to say this. I love you back me worthy and I receive that. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your grace and right now I'm going to lift my hand up because I am receiving his love and I'm becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. If that's you in this room right now, don't you let anything hold you back. You throw your hand up and say that's me. Come on, we had several in the first service. I want to know who it is. You throw your hand up and say I'm ready to start a love relationship. I see, come on, raise it high. I see you over here. I see you over here. Raise it high. Let everybody know. I'm ready to to start a love relationship with Jesus. Keep it up if you don't mind. We got a gift for you right now. Keep it up. I see at least three people raising their hands. Come on. You be proud. Jesus is proud of you. Don't you let anything hold you back. He loves you deeply. He loves you deeply. He is so proud of you. Who else? I see at least three or four hands right now. Who else is it? Don't let anything keep you from making the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life by saying, I choose to love Jesus back. I choose to make him my Lord. I see both of you guys over here. Praise the Lord. Come on, who else is it? Lord, I choose to follow you. I do not believe Jesus saves you just with a prayer. I believe he saves you by acknowledging that he's Lord and by confessing that he is your God. That is what salvation is really about. And I believe with all my heart that for those of you that meant it when you raised your hand, God does not save your hand, he saves your heart and he immediately rescues your soul in that moment. Can we celebrate together in this room? but four or five people just said yes to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. Listen, this is the last thing, and I'm going to get off the stage for the day. Christian, I know that there's a bunch of you guys that came in here knowing Jesus, but you feel like something's missing in your life. I love the song that our awesome worship team picked today to lead us in. Oh, come to the altar. Listen to this. The word altar does not mean a place. The word altar means, does not mean a literal location, is what I meant. Altar means the place where God and the worshiper meet. And what God's goal is in your life to alter you is to take the altar and turn you and alter where you're going. To to do the other word, altar, E-R it's at the altar that this takes place i believe some of you came in here feeling unworthy even though you're saved but you can come to the altar the lift this literal place and you can let god rescue you right where you are don't you leave here believing that god did not make you exactly like he wanted to you have it on you you don't have to act anything out you get to be what god made you to be So if you came in here feeling unworthy, but you know Jesus, don't you leave here feeling unworthy. Come to the altar and believe what God said about you. You are worthy because he calls you worthy. He became sin so that you could become his righteousness. Now you come to this altar and you lift up your hands and worship the name of Jesus. God, we honor you. We lift up your name worthy of all praise, glory, and honor and we are so grateful that in the midst of our mess, you came and rescued us and so now God we come to the altar, we lift up your name, you are worthy of all of our praise and glory, so Jesus our worship is with you we value you the most above anything else, and so we magnify your name Jesus in all this earth we love you, and we come and praise your name in Jesus name, and everybody said, amen y'all worship with us We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter@radiatechurch.net at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.